This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me. This is episode two of our position group preview series a series that a lot of our listeners really, really like. It's it's slightly shorter episodes, very focused on the personnel, the stats, the outlook at each position group heading into the 2023 season. We also have written previews as well as fall camp updates over at the MichiganInsider.com, Michigan.247sports.com. Lots of intel, both VIP stories. We got free stories from the press conferences, uh, some of my analytical thoughts. If if you're getting excited for Michigan football season, we probably have a few stories for you to read over at the MichiganInsider.com. This episode, we just did the quarterback episode. This episode looks at the running back room, a room that, that Steve and I both believe is the number one running back room in the country. We aren't alone in that thought, by the way. Pretty much every national publication I have seen agrees. So let's start there. The strength of this room and Steve, you know me, you you read my stories, you know I'm not a hype person for 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 Michigan. It's that's not really how I approach the job, but when I was sitting down and thinking about the strength of this running back room, all I could think of was everything. This is a running back room that can do everything you want from a college running back room. Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, they were the best running back tandem in the country last season and they are both back and healthier right now. I mean, Donovan Edwards played through injuries last season. Blake Corum uh, was banged up, but then, then obviously the, the more serious injury happened. And, and so that's part of why he's back. But this is a running back room that has two backs that I think if they were the only one in the, in the room, they would be, we would be projecting them to be first team all Americans. Blake Corum was a first team all American last season. Donovan Edwards played like one once he became the starter when Corum went down with injury, he was the number one running back in the power five football in yards per carry. And he also had 991 yards, which was the most by a backup running back in the country. If you go look at NFL draft previews, 2024 NFL draft previews, I think I can think of four publications off the top of my head where Edwards and Corum are both top three running back prospects heading into this season for the 2024 draft. Last time that happened was 2016 Alabama when it was Derrick Henry and Kenyon Drake. That team won a national title in part, in large part due to its run game. So, I mean, this is a room, I look at both players, if you combine what they can do, this is a group that can run in between the tackles, that can that has the speed and quickness to make plays outside the tackles and in the open field. They both are big play home run threats. I think Coram showed uh, you know, his ability to kind of play through contact. And Donovan Edwards started too as well, even with a broken hand. And, and so they can catch passes. They can break tackles. They can be shifty. I, it's just 
good luck to opposing defenses in terms of trying to stop both of these running backs on a regular basis because they both have been extremely productive against top 10, top five defenses. And if they had been healthy in the Fiesta Bowl last season, Michigan's probably playing in the national championship game, right? How many of those carries that didn't end up in, uh, being touchdowns or first downs in that Fiesta Bowl do we feel like Blake Corum could have gotten? So this is a, this is an elite running back room. It's as good as it gets in college football. And I would I would put it on par with the excellent running back tandems or duos that Alabama and Georgia have had in the past decade or so, where they have both players drafted. I expect both these players to be drafted. And it sounds like both could be drafted high, like top 50 high. So this is a, this is a great room that can do it all. I don't see a weakness between these two. I think both players have certain parts of their game that they want to improve, of course, because they're players with very high expectations for themselves that, that want to be among the best running backs in the world in the next couple of years. But at the same time combined, I don't know how you game plan for these two because, because you know, it, they're very complimentary. I think some of the things Donovan Edwards does well, Blake, might struggle in, but at the same time, the things Donovan struggles with, Blake excels in. So it's it's a very tough room to game plan for. Maybe it's the easy answer, but when I thought of biggest strength of this room, I, I the only thing I could come up with was everything. Steve, how about you? Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to to narrow it down to one particular strength, I guess, right? Because it is the best running back one to the best duo for sure at the top in the country. I was like, I feel like I read a couple publications that had Penn States one, two ahead of Michigan. And I'm like, I did, did they watch the game that the two teams right. like played against so, each other? And again, don't, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I, I'd say Penn States probably got the second best tandem. Well, in the Ohio country. State I mean, might be third. Yeah. Right. Uh, Nick Singleton is, is different. I mean, he's got some Saquon Barkley to his game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, so that's not even necessarily a slight at Penn State. I just think what Michigan brings, um, I, I just, you know, and I've, I've been on this train now for a while. I think even going back to the, when we previewed the Ohio State game in 2021, where I said I thought Michigan would utilize Donovan Edwards in the passing game in a way that would create opportunities for Michigan. I mean, that's literally how they scored their first touchdown, a fake pass into the flat reverse to AJ Henning for a touchdown after his huge game that he had against Maryland in the receiving game. I'm just so enamored with his all around ability at the position. I, I just think it does. Blake Corum might be Michigan's best player, uh, but I think just, I, I may, I may make the argument that Donovan Edwards is at his peak is more valuable to Michigan's offense because Michigan has an elite offensive line. Uh, but you're talking about somebody you could literally split out all the way. You can put them in the slot. You can run them off tackle. I mean, there's just, um, just a, so many different ways. And, and so he's a guy that you as a defense have to account for uh, no matter where he is on the field. And, you, you, you know, regardless of where Michigan uses him, particularly though in the passing game, you're, you're putting the defense at some kind of 
disadvantage. You're either, you're either putting a defensive back on him who is now either not on a receiver or is probably physically overmatched, or you're putting a linebacker in on him in space where he's going to win that matchup probably nine times out of 10, uh, as long as the quarterback has time to throw him the ball. So I, I just, the value he provides for the offense as a whole, uh, whether it be as the primary threat to get the ball or as like a decoy, um, there just aren't many players like him in college football. And I think that's probably why, correct me if I'm wrong, but I do feel like most draft projections have him going higher than Blake Corum, correct? I mean, isn't he kind of the... It, it seems 50-50. I, th- I okay, think okay. The, the, real, the quick version... I think Coram has proven himself as a every down runner, runner a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, Edward Donovan, obviously his big play capability is very proven. I think this year will be big for him in terms of just showing uh, that he can turn a like zero yard. If it's blocked for zero yards, the play, he can get three out of it. Sure, I think that's sure. something that, that that's, I say the next step is if he didn't already run all over Ohio state. But I think that is kind of the next step is showing the every down consistency, not just the, like think about it like a, like a but hitter in baseball. Do we, do we feel like do backs have to be every down guys in the NFL anymore though, necessarily. Right. I mean, it's, I don't it feel know. Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess there, there are those handful. You did mention Derek Henry earlier. I mean, he's kind of the last, not the last of a dying breed, but like part of them. Um, yeah. Know, like like look, at, look at the lions drafting Jameer. Look at the lions drafting Jameer Gibbs. At, with the 12th pick of the right. draft next year, he's not going to be getting 30 carries a game no. for them. So, but I mean, but I, I, I agree though, as far as like, you know, Corum may be more of a feature back. Um, although I still always lean on Alan True's uh, comparison to Elvin Kamara uh, of for Donovan Edwards, which for Donovan Edwards. Yeah. It's just such a good comparison, man. I mean, just that was so good at the t- at the time. Uh, and now it's, and it's played out perfectly. I always give Alan a ton of credit for that one, but, uh, but yeah, I guess I'd say to me, if you know, again, there you could pick up five or six different strengths, right? But but I just think the the overall value that Edwards adds to the offense from it from just just the he can be used in twenty different ways if they want to, uh, just can can create so many matchup nightmares for defenses. And uh, again, yeah, like you said, he's a hundred percent now. <laughs> like, has either guy ever been a hundred percent versus Ohio State yet? And they've won both games while running the ball right, successfully. And both, right. I mean, granted, it's on Haskins in 21, but like between those two guys, you know, Corum was not 100% in 2021. He didn't even play in last year's game, and Edwards was not uh, 100% in last year's game either. So, uh, you know, kind of almost excited to see what these guys do when they're both <laughs> at full capability, you know, because we technically, we maybe with Edwards being banged up most of the year last year, we maybe have not even really seen it yet. So, uh, you know, so that'll be interesting, but, but I'm going with Donovan. I just very enamored with his abilities. Yeah. I, I think if you want an example against a top 10 opponent of what these two look like together, I would go rewatch that Michigan Penn state game. I think that was a clinic. I think they both ran. I mean, they both were over a hundred yards. I think they might've been both over 150 and just, just changed the game. Really. Um, you know, kind of a close game. Penn state's, a, had a good season last year, great season, and really strong defense, and they just could not consistently contain Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum. So biggest question mark for me is actually has nothing to do with either of them, although it does have to do with your point about how healthy will they be later on in the season. 
I do think there's there's room for carries at the number three running back spot. And to me, that's the biggest question is, is to, to do any of the candidates at that spot emerge? And what, what's funny to me is how different I, I've identified four candidates. Steve, if you have another one to throw in there, feel free. But I, I see Kalel Mullings, converted linebacker, big dude, 6'2", 237. Um, not as much experience lately running the ball, but was a pretty good ball carrier out of high school. I think he was recruited, I think Notre Dame and Wisconsin were at least taking a look at him as a running back recruit. And then you have C.J. Stokes. Uh, I think size frame-wise, he's a little bit more of a, of a Karan Higdon type runner. So maybe not the bruiser that Mullings or, or Benjamin Hall, the the true freshman, are. But at the same time, you know, he's he's got good vision. I feel like he's got pretty good balance. Um, missed some time last year due to fumbles. I think Mike Hart has the old Fred Jackson rule where if you if you fumble the ball, you're out for a certain amount of time or whatever. And then the other true freshman addition to Hall, who showed out the spring game, is Cole Cabana, who's very fast. He might be the fastest running back on the team. Might might be in contention as one of the team's fastest players out of Dexter High. And similar to Edwards, I think he has some pass catching ability. You can line him up in a few different spots, and defenses have to account for him. So, to me, I see four candidates. I I don't know if Michigan. 100% agrees with that that situation, but I think it's a pretty open battle for that number three spot. And I, I do, I'm very fascinated to see if any of them emerge. I, all four are going to get carries in games, right? It's not one of those positions where they can't rotate deep. But at the same time, you, you know, in those two or three carries that they get against East Carolina or in those four or five carries they get against UNLV or, or Bowling Green, you know, can any of them really showcase a next level that allows them when big 10 play happens to be a genuine supplemental piece to what Corman Edwards bring. Cause I Blake Corman, Donovan Edwards, even they would tell you they don't want to carry the ball 30 times a game right now. I, I don't think they would tell you it in those exact terms, but there is some value just in how physical the running back position is. You know, I, I think both of them would rather would love 15, 20 carries a game, with you know fresh legs, and then there's a third back who can come in and kind of, kind of help keep them fresh. So yeah, that's that to me. That's the biggest question mark. We're kind of combining it with our position battle discussion. But Steve, what's the biggest question mark for you? And and what are your thoughts on that number three running back position battle? Yeah, I mean, it absolutely has that has to be the biggest question mark, right? Who emerges as three and and maybe even four? I guess. Do do you think maybe they they that they're hoping that Mullings as a vet and a bigger body, you know, might be that guy so that they can maybe, maybe they, maybe they're hoping to redshirt because they're going to lose both Edwards and Corum at the end of the season. Yeah. And 2024 you know, has to be on their mind when they're thinking about it's got, it has to be right. So do you, and we've talked a lot about Benjamin Hall being a guy that could, cause just based on his spring game performance. And I just feel like Michigan already believes that they got a guy who's way better than what his recruiting profile and ranking suggests but at the same time yeah I mean you have to look to the future to some extent here right so I almost kind of wonder if they're hoping a Mullings or maybe even like a Tavier Dunlap uh can emerge as that third guy like I don't know if they want to redshirt you know CJ Stokes got a lot of legit carries last year I don't know if they're in a position to redshirt a, a guy who's already seen the field that much but it's an enticing if they did go that route and you're the player 
position where if you wait it out a little bit, it might pay a bigger, pay bigger dividends for you to, you know, sort of wait your turn a little bit. So, you know, my, my gut tells me that, that they'd almost hope. Yeah. Because, because of Mullings being a vet and just because he does, he, he just provides a little bit of a different style for Michigan. We talk about short yardage situations and there's another thing to think about. That's one area where the last two seasons Michigan has been hugely successful in converting short yardage plays in the running game. Right. And that's, it's mostly been predicated on a bigger body at the position. Now, of course, Donovan Edwards did a great job with it late last season, particularly against Ohio state. They converted a few, but even Mullings again was sort of that guy last year coming down the stretch as well. So we'll see, but We'll also see if if Michigan just sticks to the meritocracy type deal and just plays the guy that they think is the best. So, you know, which in that case would really open the door for the two young guys because you could argue that both of those guys have some different things about them that maybe some of the second and third year guys don't. So, yeah, fascinating question. Just because we, Michigan has wanted, they've loved using three backs. It's not as if, you know, yeah, they have the best one-two punch in the country, but uh, they they've always liked using more than two backs under Jim Harbaugh and, and you don't want to be particularly we talk about Edwards in the passing game like you said don't want these guys running running them in, into the ground by the time November rolls around right so you kind of want somebody else you can rely on uh, to to get you some yardage and and to make some plays and relieve these two guys when when it's needed yes and don't forget Michigan wants to play 15 games this season so that adds to the importance of having some depth at a position that is just it's just very physically even even if you're not injured every running back for current former running back I've ever talked to says pretty much the first day you have pads on is the last day that you're 100% healthy right and so it's it's part of the grind I think Blake Corman Donovan Edwards understand and appreciate and thrive with that grind but at the same time you do want some depth We're going to hit a quick break. On the other side, we'll each look at a stat or player to watch, particularly in the first month of the season, and we'll make our bold predictions for this position group in the 2023 season. You're listening to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, and we're back. Thanks for waiting. So, Steve, just because you were talking about some of that, that success rate, especially short yardage, goal line, I don't have a like batting average percent for their their you know third and short or whatever. I agree with you though. I test they have been money in short yardage carries and and goal line carries over the past few seasons. But one stat that I'm going to be looking at this season is the success rate. Obviously, the run game will be measured by yardage and carries and touchdowns and yards after contact and all that. But I think the success rate has been the biggest difference for Michigan in the last two years versus years prior because, and, and success rate, I, I'm measuring it this way. I don't know if there's a different technical formula, but I do first downs plus touchdowns divided by total carries. And over the last, in 2021, their success rate was 35.3%. That means 35.3% of their carries were for either first downs or touchdowns. And then last fall, and by the way, Hassan Haskins' own rate was 45.5% that season. Last fall, it was 36.3%, which is even better. For context, 36.3%. Minnesota was second in the Big Ten at 33.6%. Ohio State was 30.7%. No one else in the Big Ten was above 27.5%. Michigan was at 36.3%. Michigan's defense held opponents to a 20.9% success rate last season. So that tells you the difference, right? 16% difference in success rate. And Blake Corum's success rate was 46%. So to me, all, all those numbers, the general point is if Michigan continues to be that successful at getting first downs, getting touchdowns, then I think you can expect Michigan to enter the last week in November with everything on the table. And you can honestly maybe pencil them in to enter January with everything still on the table. I, I think, you know, this Michigan team, there's a lot that it does well, the defense, the offensive line. You know, we just talked about the quarterbacks the last episode. But at the end of the day, this Michigan offense, and really any offense Jim Harbaugh has ever had, shines when they can get first downs and touchdowns at a high percentage in the run game. I think moving chains and scoring points, you know, that's, that's why Michigan is so excited about the season because they have two running backs who are great at it. We talked about some of the potential backups who could play a role. So to me, the thing I'll be watching, eh, maybe not so much, and I, I would expect them to be successful at this in non-conference play, but but something I'll be watching in the first couple months of the season is, you know, is that success rate still there? Are these two running backs who are still thriving on a third and two or, you know, a, a second and goal? from the four yard line. I mean, is this, is this a group that can move the chains and score points? That's a stat I'm watching. Steve, is there a stat or X factor player you're keeping an eye on in the next month and change from this running back room? Uh, So yeah, I guess because you can still, what is it for? Is it still four games for red shirt? Yes. Yep. Right. I'm, I'm interested. I am interested to see if, if they do throw Cole Cabana out there, though, knowing that he's healthy, just because again, I think you talk another guy that can just add a, maybe even a different dynamic than Donovan Edwards because he is, I think, faster from a straight in a straight line. Ten point five five second hundred meter dash, right? Kind of like 
honestly kind of the type of guy and i know the dexter had a like a historic year last year for their high school football program but kind of the type of kid that you you almost wonder if like his skill set translates better to the college game than the high school game in a way as far as like especially because he is because he does have the ability to catch the football you know it's like in the at the college level he'll have a quarterback that can maybe throw it down the field on a you know a perfect wheel route type candidate or something you know or, or again maybe another guy that you can split out so again very well might not be a guy that makes much of an impact just because we, we did talk about Michigan maybe trying to, to salvage as, as much youth as they can for next season. But another kid with a really tantalizing skill set who I think would, I don't know, the type of guy that maybe they'd throw out there to sort of electrify the crowd a little bit and get the crowd going, you know, because I do, I think he does give them yet another dimension that, that they, they and that a lot of other schools in the around the country don't really have so interested to maybe ask and hear more about him during fall camp but then also you know again soft early schedule maybe the kind of guy they give some run just to sort of see what they have with him yeah I think the biggest knock on his recruiting profile was that he was 180 pounds and looks very skinny just eye test and I think people wondered you know what if he was ready to contribute year one just for that reason. But then, and Steve, I think you and I have already talked about it on a different episode. He weighed in, fall camp, 198 pounds. We'll see in games. But I think, to me, that that rang some bells in my head where I'm like, hey, this is an X-Factor player. This is someone who doesn't have any expectations set for him preseason, but could make a big difference, make some key plays for the Wolverines this fall. And and that might also be true on special teams, right? With A.J. Henning gone, with some some position battles open in the return game, I think he's definitely a player to watch there. All right, finally, we'll close with our bold predictions. Mine is a number-based one. I am predicting Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards combine for 30 total touchdowns and 3,000 total yards. That includes receiving yards. 30 touchdowns, 3,000 total yards. When I wrote it down at first, I thought that was crazy. Last year, they were at 2,734 yards and 28 touchdowns. So they they need to be a little bit better. But I, I really, I think Edwards is going to be able to contribute more, both as a scorer and as a pass catcher this season. And Steve, I imagine you'll talk a little bit about them both playing on the field at the same time in your prediction. But I think he'll be a little bit more prolific. And I think Corum... I know he's coming off the injury, but I, I think he's someone that is going to benefit from maybe not having as many 25 to 30 carry games. And he can he can play a little fresher because I think a lot of people, I don't know if it's, I don't know why they think this, but you know he ran a 4.44 laser timed 40 out of high school. And I know he's put on some muscle since then, so he's carrying a little bit more weight. But this is a player who's still uh, extremely quick in tight spaces, but also does have long speed, can make those big plays. So yeah, I, I was I was just trying to think like what what I could say that wasn't like they both are highs. You know, what was actually like realistic? Because I don't think they'll both be Heisman Trophy finalists. Um, I don't think All-American voters are going to say both of them are first team All-Americans. But I think 30 touchdowns, 3,000 scrimmage yards combined between the two of them. I think that's a very, 
high threshold that would put them among the best running back duos in the history of college football. But I think it's also not totally unrealistic. And if they played one more game last season, I, I think it's possible they do it last year. So consider me sold on this group, I, or on that on that duo. I think 30 touchdowns, 3,000 scrimmage yards. Steve, what's your bold prediction for the running back room this fall? I mean, I can't really. You kind of took, like, it, it'd have to be something like another, it'd be a, a number. 31 and 3,100. Yeah, right. You know, like, just <laughs> it'd have to be something like, pretty much like what you said, because the expectations are, are super high. They will. Yeah. There there's definitely, will be a yin and yang type type deal to it. Uh, it's really just, so I know you were, you were talking a lot about early in the episode about Donovan Edwards pass catching ability. So you think Michigan goes into leans into that harder this year? I mean, I don't see, I don't see how you don't. It's just because he's that like, was he, what did he have? Like 11 catches for 180 yards or something against Maryland in 21? His big breakout game. Like, right, right. He's, he's, he's the interesting case of a running back whose breakout game was not running the football. It was catching the football. Could, I mean, would, I guess a bold prediction would be, don't you, do you think he could compete for like leading receiver on the team? I mean, if they utilize him enough in that spot, I mean, I just, I'm just curious. Multiple how- coaches and a couple players have said that if he played wide receiver, he would be even last season uh, that he would be the team's best wide receiver. Yeah. So I mean, I don't see so, why not. Right. I mean, I just if if you're if there's no reason not to have him on the field at the same time for a, a decent amount. Again, like you don't want to overdo it, but you also don't want to under utilize it. You you know you got to find a little bit of a balance there, but. Like I said, I just I, you know, curious what defenses will do. Do, you, do, do they do they have to des, do they have to designate an, another corner to him? But even then, again, you're talking about a guy who plays running back. He's physical. I mean, he might you know. There's plays that they can design to to put him in an advantage in a one on one situation against a cornerback. So, like I said, can't say enough about him. I think if he was like the number one guy, say like he was just the guy. Say Blake Corum had, had moved on to the draft. He was the guy say Michigan had a solid, steady number two behind him. I mean, we'd be talking about him as a no-brainer Heisman candidate, in my opinion. So um, I'll say, I'll, yeah, I guess well, if it's bold prediction, I'll say I'll say he at least contends as, as far as being Michigan's leading receiver from, I'll say from a reception standpoint, for sure. Okay, there we go. Yeah, I think that's a good sweet spot because I think it's plausible. I think it's realistic from a skill set standpoint. I, I was surprised Michigan didn't throw to him more last season. I think I think there's opportunities. I, I know uh, Scott Bell, friend of the podcast, you brought up an interesting stat in some of his work that he only played 33 snaps, Donovan Edwards, at not running back. So they didn't put him out wide that often, actually, or, or in the slot even. Got to think, you know, with, with both of them healthy, I got to think that's something that they – increase this season because again he has the skills to make plays anywhere on the field as you pointed out all right that's going to do it for this episode be sure to check out the quarterback episode if you missed it we also have the wide receiver episode coming up as well as tight end offensive line you know all the position groups if you want to read more on the running backs or any other position group be sure to check it all out at the michiganinsider.com michigan.247sports.com we are we are all in right now on, on the fall camp stories. So if you are 
interested in reading more about Michigan football, we probably have something that you'll be interested in. Be sure to check it out at themichiganinsider.com. For Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. We'll see you next time. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.